We believe in Mitch. That doesn't change. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. We're in the Wayback Machine. Now we're piling on. Yeah. Oh, boy. Takes us back. Yeah. To seven a time. years. Seven. Seven years. Ooh. Seven like wives for seven brothers. Seems seven longer. Years for- really, watching Patrick Mahomes flourish and the Bears flounder at the quarterback position. Until this year, until this year when maybe they found Justin Fields their guy. Uh, but what the Bears do with the number one overall pick will be affected by every other quarterback decision for teams that are looking for one this offseason. Is that a fair there's a lot. Is that a fair statement? I totally agree okay. with you. So even when we're talking about, boy, you know what's what are the 49ers gonna do? Well, if they go for Tom Brady, if they go for Aaron Rodgers, if they go for Derek Carr, all of those possibilities indirectly could affect what the Bears are left with in terms of their options with the number one pick because every team, it's it's a game of the proverbial musical chairs. And when somebody takes a seat or it's a, a dominoes, whatever analogy you want to make, if Brady goes to San Francisco, Rodgers may go to New York and Carr may go to Houston, and then what with Indy? Indy wants that number one pick. Well, I mean, my fear would be that, that somehow uh, Rodgers goes to Indy because then that takes away the possibility of them moving up. Bingo. That's that was my next problem. scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. What if Rod? No, no, no that's fine. I, I like the Jets because, because, because that, who cares? The, who cares about the in, AFC? Thank you. Let them go and, and have yeah. the tabloids fuss over Aaron Rodgers. Boy, he needs more attention. Oh, yeah. He's desperate. For but me. you could see. Here's the one thing about Indy that I think is interesting. Chris Ballard has swung and missed wildly now on veteran quarterbacks. I don't know if he's going to do it again. And I we, hope not. Well, look at who he's going to be interviewing for the head coaching position. He, the second interview, uh, I think it is today, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator from the Bengals, is interviewing in, in Indianapolis. If they go that route, if they go young, offensive-minded, head coach, the way that the Bengals have and successfully done, the way the Eagles have and it worked, you wonder if that is a cue now where Chris Ballard is putting even more chips on the table and saying we're going to go get our young first-round draft pick. We are now even more compelled to make a deal to move up if they hired a young offensive-minded assistant coach to be their head coach. That's good for the Bears because if they want that guy and the Texans hired D'Amico Ryans and he wants that guy, all of a sudden you got a bidding war. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. So that's the dream right there. So pay attention to what's going on in Indy because I do like the idea, or I've heard it mentioned. Talk to somebody in the league is like, oh, Aaron Rodgers could end up in Indy, and look, look, that would be ideal there. I don't know, not for the Bears. No, I mean, Uh, I mean, here's the problem that you have in Indy is it, it can be found in the resume of the fired coach. Five different starters in the last five years. They've gone that route. They've tried to bring in, you know, Matt Ryan was a disaster at, at his age and the money and everything else. They've they have tried that. They've tried to go that route, and it has not worked for them. Ryan, Wentz, yes. Rivers. Rivers yes. was the best of Rivers the Rivers was very good. Jacoby Brissett was very good. Okay. But he wasn't going to move the needle, and yep. all of it started when Andrew Luck retired. So yes. Chris Ballard has done he, – he is, you know – People think that he is overrated in Indy mm-hmm. because of the playoff, lack of playoff success, but he it definitely has built a roster that has been 
much one that we're very familiar with in Chicago. A lot of the holes are filled except for the biggest one. Got to get that quarterback. Got to get right. the quarterback. Got to right. get that quarterback right. I think every general manager in the NFL knows that. And you know, if these guys are moving around, and they are, you just got to hope that they're filling in holes and places that the Bears can't trade that number one pick to. Right. And the last, yeah, exactly. The last domino that is worth considering before we get to the callers, Frank Reich taking the job in Carolina, which getting it over Steve Wilkes doesn't make any sense to me, but that's a different story. Hmm. But. Frank Reich getting the job in Carolina also adds them to me almost the third most likely team to make a deal with the Bears because if they want to get their own franchise quarterback to be groomed by this this quarterback guru yeah. in Reich, then they're going to be compelled with an owner that is impulsive. Hey, just do whatever it takes. Get that number one pick. Whatever it takes. Even if the Bears move to two, the, the Panthers might still be there willing to make a deal and give up more than other teams. Keep an eye on what the Panthers are thinking this offseason and what they do to try to fill their quarterback vacancy because that is another team and another domino that will affect what happens in Chicago. 312-644-6767 is the telephone number. We should let you know that the uh, that the score sick the the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download that BetQL app today, or visit BetQL.com. And the BetQL network is available nationwide on the Odyssey mobile app and website. Over ten thousand home and auto connected devices and BetQLnetwork.com. Let's try Jake. Jake's and Joliet. Good morning, Jake. Hey, good morning, Molly. Good morning. Uh, along the lines of the Patrick uh, uh, Mahomes. Uh, and his unanswered prayers over there. I wonder if Terry Bradshaw ever gets down on his knees <laughs> and, and, and thinks, God, that the Steelers won that coin flip because nobody would have ever heard of him if he, I think, if Hallis would have taken him. Oh, that is awesome. Well put. That is well, hilarious. good memory. 1970 NFL draft. Yeah. Yes, the Bears lose the coin flip. And, That's uh, right. And the Hall of Famer goes to the Steelers and wins four Super Bowls. And I don't even know who the Bears got. Who did they get? Ah, oh, boy. The, in the 70 draft, I'd have to look at that. I can't uh, remember the name of the guy they I thought got. You were they got someone and they traded him to the Packers. I remember that. They yeah. traded a guy to the Packers, huh? Well, Terry Bradshaw went on to greatness. And then, and and, <laughs> and a, the Bears didn't? A broadcasting career. Yeah. They got him on the podium Sunday giving out the <laughs> trophy. <laughs> Let's try uh, Pat. Pat's in Ottawa. Hey, Pat. Hey. So uh, who's the guy that? let uh, Robbie Gold go because that guy's on pace to go in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and then I hear that uh, Mahomes grew up in Wrigley Field watching his old man pitch and wants to be – if the Bears screw this one up, I'm done. This is it. This is the last chance. This is the last I got for the Bears. I like it, Pat. We had a we had a caller earlier who said that he was done. He heard the audio and just – I mean, he he left us a text in all caps about – how idiotic the Bears were for missing on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he was mad about that. That was pretty funny. Mike McCoy was the number two pick, and that was the guy who ended up with the Packers. So that was uh, the Notre Damer, remember him. And he was in the Hall of Fame, right? Uh, Oh, no. No, no, I I don't think so. Different McCoy. Speaking of Robbie Gold, so we revisited that last week. Dan Weeder had a great little reference of how it all linked back to Hironis Crisou and the injury, and they and, wanted to save money and, and sign Josh. And he got married. Yes. Or engaged, excuse me. Robbie Gold's going to be a free agent. Did you know that? I think he's out of contract in San Francisco. So 40-year-old Robbie Gold on the open market, do you feel like 
a homecoming would be worth pursuing? Do you think that's even something that is worth considering? Do you have any faith left in Cairo Santos? Or is that just um, a, something I, I, that... You know what? I, I Listen, you know I, I'm, I really like Robbie. And, and I just think, I think that he should stay with San Francisco. I think they should resign him because he's there. They're that close. He is money. I don't think the Bears are close enough. I agree with that. I totally. just don't. I don't think. I mean, to 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 go with an older kicker. What is Robbie? 40, 41? He's forty. He's Turned 40. forty in December. Okay. So and and kickers can last a long time. I'm not. I'm not. He's got a couple of years left. You could see. No question. And he's he's been great. I just think he's closer to a championship where he's at than coming here where he'd be part of a rebuild and by the time they got good enough, he might not be available to be kicking in the I agree with that playoffs. because at this stage of his career too, he has to consider yeah. realistically the Hall of Fame possibility and a Super Bowl championship would be on, on like a game-winning kick. Get would the be hell out would of be here. a great thing to have on his resume. Great, great way to close your And career. he's more likely to do that in San Francisco or with the winner than he would with the Bears, who are in rebuild mode. John is in Payless Heights. Hey, John. Good morning. Hey guys. Good morning, guys. Hey, I have a question for you. Hammond, uh, don't you think that the Bears have made the number two pick? You know, everyone's talking about trading for the number one pick for a quarterback, but I think the Bears have made the number two pick in the draft a uh, better deal because everybody knows the Bears aren't not, are not going to pick a quarterback in the number one pick. So all these teams that want a quarterback are just going to be wanting to trade for the number two pick, not the number one. And I'm but one the of number the two pick. The I number think- two pick needs a quarterback too. Right, see what I'm but saying? the number one pick doesn't. But the Bears, if they stay at number one, everybody knows if they don't trade with them that they're not going to pick a quarterback anyway. But so John, not, be there not every two. team knows that another team isn't going to make a deal with the Bears. That's right. the allure. Right. That's what the magic is about having that number one pick. Yeah, p- teams may realize the Bears. No way are they going to draft a quarterback to compete with Justin Fields. That would not be on top of my list of priorities. But if you're Houston, you don't know the Indy. Is it going to strike a deal by offering more than you exactly. would? Yeah, you, you know what? What you want here, John, is you want teams and to fall in love with the quarterback, and then will be willing to do anything they can to go up and get the guy. That's what you want. And if you are Houston and you know that the quarterback you love is is going to be drafted because a team's going to trade up, that makes you nervous. That makes you kind of more likely to try to trade up yourself that this is this bears number one pick here is bad for Houston because Houston is in a quarterback mode. They need a starting quarterback. They need one. The bears do not. They, so the bears could trade that pick to any team in any other of the 31 teams and make whatever player that, that Houston falls in love with available before Houston can get there. So I think it, I think it's a really good thing that the Bears have the first pick. I also and think – if people call their bluff, oh, yeah, well, let's see if you no, take – No, that, that's overstated. No, I'm just going to trade it to somebody else. I, I don't think that's realistic Oops. either. You, you, know, you look at the Houston Texans, and they have the kind of draft capital that they can afford to give something up to move up one spot. Yep. They also have, a what, according to reports, a new head coach – D'Amico Ryans, who's a defensive head coach that might want to go, his biggest hire is going to be his offensive coordinator. That offensive coordinator is going to be slash assistant head coach and going to be in charge of developing the young quarterback they draft, which you could see the symmetry in this offseason for the Houston Texans 
You hire D'Amico Ryan's former player, head coach. He goes and he drafts Alabama quarterback Bryce Young to develop him. There's a lot of reasons to think that is possible. Also, not the least of which are, they have 11 draft picks. They're more equipped probably than any team that the Bears are going to potentially deal with to make that deal. So it makes the most sense. And I don't agree that you call the Bears bluff because the Bears Bears are open for business. Are open for business. That's it. That's all it is. No. I would, if I were the Bears, I would make every one of these guys sound like the second coming of Patrick Mahomes if asked about them, evaluating them. They need to really sell it that they like Bryce Young, that they like C.J. Stroud, that they like Will Levis. I think there's something in that, Molly, to not just dismiss the possibility that they would take a quarterback there. They still have to play the role of interested suitor, right? Don't they no, have to? I, I mean, I suppose they have to, but I don't. I, I mean, unless they really like someone, I don't know that they can pull it off. I think, I think all they have to do is just, you know, hey, open for business. Here, here we are. You want a quarterback? Come and get it. I don't think you're going to be able to sell a quarterback to a team that doesn't see what you're trying to sell. You see what I'm saying? I think it's up to, and I, you know, I, I think it'd be nice. If there was one guy that was the standout quarterback, you got a chance to get this guy. That creates a bidding war. That's what you really want. Yeah, you want, you that's want, next year. You want one higher-level guy. And I, I'm just saying. So you don't think acting interested has any value I don't, in this year's I, I think everyone, pre-draft process? Everyone knows. I don't think anyone's going to believe you over their own eyes. So I, I just think it's – I think it's a hard sell. I think all you got to do is just say we're open. For so how do you explain then? And I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think I'm just looking at things from every vantage point. I don't understand the Warren Saps of the world. I don't understand the idea that there, it seems to be out there. It might be a, a small percentage of people, maybe the minority, the silent minority, but not so silent minority, that says that the Bears are going to – take a quarterback and trade Justin Fields or move on from Justin Fields and take a quarterback. I, I don't I think, think that's trickier. Okay. I, I'm, in terms of, you know, if I'm, if I'm Ryan Poles, I would let it be known that I'm open for business and I would encourage all callers that I'm open for business. I might even listen to what somebody wants to say about Justin Fields. If there is a team out there that literally has fallen in love with him and wants to give you three number one picks, whatever it might be, I might listen to that too, David. Now, I don't want him to know that, and I don't want to make it be known that I'm interested in moving on from that player, but I think anybody that calls me, hey, I'm open for business, I would have a conversation with them, even one that included Justin Fields. I wouldn't shop him, and I wouldn't. I, I think they should stay with him, but... I would uh, listen to anything anyone I, had to I, say. I agree with it because you don't ever rule out any conversation or possibility, but it just seems somewhat implausible to me that a team would be more interested in trading for Justin Fields if they're going to give up what it would take to get him rather than trading up to get a quarterback who whose potential is still untapped and he's going to be the guy you draft rather than somebody who you're trading for. You know what I mean? If, if there's a team that's compelled to draft to, to go after a young quarterback and to give up draft capital for a young quarterback, 
wouldn't it be more likely they do it for a guy that they're going to draft themselves rather than somebody they're going to trade for who's already in the league? Because Justin Fields, as much as he accomplished last year, still has a ways to go that for reasons that we have talked about all season long. So I don't know if I don't know if if he well I mean here's the thing if you trade Justin Fields then is there a quarterback good enough to draft in his place and are you going are you trade you know I, not this I year. like I said I would not trade Justin Fields but you know I I would be open for business and I'd I'd listen to anything anyone had to offer and I would go back and try to figure out how to make the math problem work. I really would. The the draft math would be uh, according to you know a lot of the proposals, and you look at the draft value charts and how, whatever you're using. But it would seem, as I said, alluded to earlier, you're going to be swapping picks with somebody if you trade it, uh, whether it's second, fourth, or ninth, and then you're likely to get two picks in the top sixty right this year, and additional to the swapping of picks, and then a future first round pick, three bodies additional. For moving down anywhere between two to three to, to to eight spots. Listen, you know, let's say you trade down, you get Jalen Carter, and then you then you start drafting some linemen. Okay, aren't you laughing? I mean, don't if you if you can build from the inside out and get the line of scrimmage resolved. Yes, and then and then you. Also, you, you are in, in, in the ideal spot. And you got, that's, that's you're what you in the ideal do. spot. You draft you a defensive a, lineman yes. that you can plug and play. Yes. You supplement your offensive line with high picks. Yes. Maybe spend another one on, uh, on another need area. But you also are going to, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, realistically be drafting for need this year. Because you're going to be drafting, and I don't want to overstate that, but you're going to be drafting based on what you don't get in free agency to some degree, with those first three picks if they are top 75 picks or top 60 picks. Don't you think that they're going to be more compelled to try to address things they don't get in free agency yes. in the draft if you're drafting yes. early? I would, try to, I, would try to get, I would try to get someone on both sides of the line of scrimmage Absolutely. In, look, in free agency. Look at, look at this NFC Championship game. Yes. Why were those teams there? Yes, Jalen Hurts is great. Yes, the weapons are there, but it's the lines of scrimmage for both 49ers and the Eagles, which which carried them to that point. Let me ask you a question that is, is related to the Super Bowl. How many times does Mahomes get sacked in the Super Bowl? Against this against this yes. pass rush, he's going to get sacked at least three times. At least if, three. if it were three, yeah. I would take the over. Yeah. If the over, if the number were three, I, I would take the, the over. Most, would you? The most he's ever been sacked in a game is five times. I believe that was Arizona. Was that the Super Bowl ago. against no, the no, Bucks? No, it wasn't the <laughs> Super Bowl. It, it was. I'm just saying, in his career, he yeah. was sacked five times in a game. I, I, I would wonder if they could hit that record. I think. I just think that three is probably a good way to set the over. I, I think I would take the over, and if I were a betting man. And I saw the odds yesterday come out for the Super Bowl MVP. A long shot right now, relatively speaking, would be Hassan Reddick. And yeah. I would be willing to make that bet. He was, he was he awful can good wreck in that game. any game. Yeah, he was very good in that game. And you could see him controlling this Super Bowl in a way that, remember Von Miller in, that, in, in the Broncos victory? You could see him having that kind of impact on this game because – 
against the 49ers, and we don't have to remind you what happened to Soldier Field. Hassan Reddick can be unblockable on any given Sunday. All right, we're going we're gonna to bring in Andrew Brandt next. We're going to ask Andrew about, uh, about what's going on with the salary cap. Is that a good thing for the Bears? Is that a bad thing for the Bears because there were more people with more money? Uh, Bears have the most money. What does that mean? And, uh, and we'll talk to him about that. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Trial balloon. How do we think about a neutral site for championship game? Because I'll tell you, people, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And I not get this, all this ranting and raving, and it's terrible. Of course it's terrible if you're a fan. It's one of those home teams, Philly or Kansas City, like, think about that in the future. Of course it's terrible, but you think the NFL cares that fans think it's terrible? No. This is a business. Mully at Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. That is audio from the Business of Sports uh, NFL Business Podcast with Andrew Brandt. And Andrew is, of course, the former Packers uh, president and uh, knows a little bit about finance and uh, you can uh, catch him on the, the Sunday 7 newsletter as well. And we are delighted to welcome him again to the program. He joins us on the Signature Bank Score Hotline. Signature Bank, making commercial banking personal. Andrew, good morning. How are you? Good to be with you guys as always. I was listening to that clip coming in. I'm like, that voice sounds familiar. That topic sounds familiar. <laughs> exactly. I realized that that was me. Listen, on the neutral site, I just found one of the NFL doesn't tweet much. They're their PR tweet. Um, but some reason, and I think I know the reason they tweeted out on Friday before these games, or it was like a week ago. Hey, we've sold over 50,000 tickets to the neutral site Atlanta game. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they doing that other than to piss off the Bengals? Like, why are they doing that? And I think they've put it out there as a trial balloon, which has been negative, of course. But this is coming. And it's coming because, I mean, everyone can go into why and why and why, and it's so terrible. But the reason is, think three Super Bowls a year Hmm. rather than one. Now, of course, it's not going to be Super Bowl-like, but it's going to be known eight months in advance instead of four days in advance where these games are and think of all the things you can do around that city, around that event. And that's, that's the big word here event. So I think that the league realizes, Hey, we're losing out on this college football has this March madness has this, what are we doing here? And I think that's coming. We've talked about this a lot, Andrew. I wonder how big of a factor would it be to do the neutral site thing because of the poor officiating that we saw on Sunday in both championship games because of the way that maybe the home field advantage, the home crowd might influence the officiating? Sure seems like it from the games, but again, the NFL would never admit to that. But yeah, if you sort of extrapolate that to a more sterile environment in, say, Atlanta – Maybe you don't have that, and maybe there's not a call on the last play with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe not. You just, you you know, there is human nature in officiating. We know that. As skilled as these guys are, 
if you're going to see that play in Kansas City, it's probably different than seeing that play in Cincinnati. It's interesting. I believe it was Mike Florio who wrote a thing last week or maybe the week before where mm-hmm. he talked about full-time officials. They're inching ever closer to it. I mean, this is a multiple-billion-dollar business, multi-billion-dollar business, and the idea that you've got part-time officials, which, listen, these guys have careers. They have lives. It is 20 weeks a season. It's always been a mystery as to how to put together full-time officials in the NFL. Is it time? It is a mystery. You can always say it's time. But listen, when I was at the Packers, I used to talk to these guys before the game on the field because I'm out there early. They're out there early. And there are a couple of lawyers. We're talking about lawyering stuff. We're talking about being judges. We're talking about a guy worked at the NY transportation system. So I think the league would ideally like full-time refs, but it all gets down to business, right? In my, in my area, are you going to pay them? I mean, Major League Baseball officials average, I don't know, a couple hundred, 300000 a year. So are you going to pay these guys like that to, you know, we can all say do what for six months? Look at film? Look at fitness. I mean, what are they going to do for six months? You know, are you going to pay them for six months for not doing much? So that's always the question. So yesterday we found out that the salary cap will increase 8% up to $224.8 million. Here in Chicago, we're fixated on that, Andrew, because the Bears have more cap space than anybody in the league, $91.8 million. How did you interpret why the increase happened? Is this just the, the, the... cost of a typical inflationary increase. And um, when you have a team like the Bears at the top of the list with cap space, does that necessarily mean they're going to spend all of it? Yeah, I mean, listen, having managed a cap, it's always this push and pull when you have cap space, how much to spend, how much to leave over for the future. There's carryover now. As everyone knows, you can carry over to year to year. What it would allow me to do with a lot of cap space is to better manage contracts for big time contracts in other words you know not do not do what the saints and the rams and some other teams have done which is keep pushing out the pain to the future so say the bears want to sign a guy for 20 million dollar cash first year maybe it's 10 bonus 10 salary maybe it's 18 bonus two salary whatever it is i would match cash and cap so i would not give it in signing bonus because signing bonus is prorated and you're pushing out the pain. Right. So now they have an opportunity to say, okay, we're going to pay this guy 20 million first year. We're also going to load cap 20 million first year. And then we don't have to worry about it in the future and we can cut them in two years and have zero cap. So these are the kind of decisions you make and the bears are in an advantageous situation right now. I was saying to David that I thought it might be a bad thing for the bears uh, in the free agent market, that teams that the cap has now increased eight percent, so teams have more money. In other words, are they more likely to sign a guy and keep him out of free agency? Are they more likely to be able to um, to kind of manipulate their own cap to the point where, as you say, some teams are spreading out the hit? And does that mean that fewer players are available for the Bears to try to sign? And in these teams that have this money, they could put all that money into one guy if they wanted to, if they felt they were one guy away, 
And that prevents a team like the Bears with all the money to do anything but overbid. Yeah, I mean, these are my pet peeves going into this time of year every year as someone who's done this. People don't understand this stuff. (laughs) And they think, you know, listen, I would tell agents and I would tell people asking, don't worry about the cap. Let me worry about that. Don't worry. The cap is not money. People have to understand cap does not equal money. Cap equals accounting. That's all it is. It's accounting. The key is, what's the cash? If you're an agent, if you're a team, what's the cash? Forget about cap. What's the money going to the player year one, year two, year three? What's the guarantee? What's the structure? How much is he going to get over three years, which is the realistic time frame for these contracts? Cap is just pushing around money. And if you have it, like the Bears, to, to push around, you can keep it. You can load it. You can pay as you go. If you're a team like the Rams or the Bucks or the Saints, you're in this vicious cycle of pushing out. But let's be clear, cap does not prevent teams from spending, and teams with a lot of cap does not make them spend. It's all budgeting. That's all it is. Andrew, we look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and they're back in the Super Bowl, and Howie Roseman now has done it again. I know he's a contemporary of yours. We give him a lot of credit for the roster building, and I think there's an assumption that, boy, you know, he's really great at evaluating talent. He might be, but you look at the way that he has structured some other things in terms of he came up as, as you point out, a a capologist, a a financial guy. What is it that he does better than everybody else that puts the Eagles in another position to win a Super Bowl? Well, people focus on the the scout-type GM. And I know the Bears just hired one, and there's nothing wrong with that. A GM that comes up from the scouting background, that's been bird-dogging players since they were 24 years old, that's gone to college campuses six months every year, that's fine. And that usually makes for the best type of drafter or talent evaluator. But people don't realize what a GM really does. And a GM is maneuvering. A GM is business. And Howie's an example of a GM from a business point of view, from a negotiating background. And that has added so much value to the Eagles. He has wrangled trades with these football scout-type GMs where he's just at another level. He's at another level. He's getting value for the Eagles. Great trades. He has drafted well. He's learned that. He has done core extensions for players that you would think, man, players should get more money than that. For that player, he's done it. And what he's used is this business background to outsmart agents and to outsmart football-type GMs. And I've made this joke kind of in jest, but not really. Like, if I'm – Another GM getting a call from the Eagles, I'm going to run the other way. <laughs> like, what he's done to the Saints with some of those trades, I mean, he got A.J. Brown for a one and a three when other trades for like Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill were at least a one and a two. So these are little things that add up. So he's proved his value here. And that, you know, that's, that's a team that's loaded. I've said since September, this is their year. So, Andrew, someone told me, and I can't remember who, that, you know, you were talking about cash in hand. The teams yeah. are required to spend a certain amount of cash. 
and that it's over a three-year period or something, and the Bears yeah. need to spend that cash. Is that accurate? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is accurate, and I, you know, I've been critical of the CBA for on that element because three years is not a hard time frame. Yeah, the Bears are under the spending limit if you look at it in 2022, but in a couple of years or a year, you know, they're going to pay fields. So there's going to be a massive cash infusion and teams can coast with this three-year rule. It used to be four. So good on them for getting it to three. But, you know, if you want real spending by teams, you got to do it annually. And hopefully one day the CBA will look at these spending limits and say every year, not over three years. What, what is the, what is the limit in over three years? You got to spend, I believe it's 89% of the cap over three years. So, Theoretically, you could spend up, I don't know, 100% one year and 70%, I don't know, 82% for three for two years, whatever it may be. Andrew, do you have any experience dealing with Kevin Warren, and what did you think about him becoming the Bears team president? Yeah, he was all over the NFC North. <laughs> you know, I think he was with Detroit and Minnesota yeah, yeah. during my time with the Packers. Uh, solid administrator, solid leader. Um, has a nice presence, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I I think, uh, you know, we have different roles in football and sports, and I think we're, we're sort of morphing into more business. You know, these are just $2 billion plus assets right now, and they need someone with leadership background over massive investments like that. Hey, Andrew, thanks a ton. Tons of great information. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. There, people are asking me. I do these reels. Uh, Instagram. My kids got me on Instagram. Great. So uh, go to Andrew Brandt, too, and I do reels about all this stuff. That's great. Excellent. Oh, yeah, I'll do that today. Thank you so much, Andrew. God Thanks, bless. Guys. That is Andrew Brandt. On the gram. Fascinating. He's really smart, yeah. and you can. he's really plugged in and had some great perspective on the cap, as well as Howie Roseman and the that was interesting. background of a general manager and how it has evolved and changed over the years. If he calls, run. Run. We got Coach Wattstadt. He'll join us next. Mully and Hall on the score. Dave Wattstadt, Bears head coach for six seasons. The Bears. The Bears. Super Bowl champion. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah. Great mustache. Some say it's a symptom of manliness. Others a cause. The mustache. Why don't you hang it out with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score? Open up the door. It's Dave. Who? Dave. D-A-V-E. Dustin, I, we're not going to waste airtime on that, okay? Thank you. Next question. <laughs> Thank you. Next question. Thank you Next question. Much. Dave Wunstead. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It is always a joy to talk to Coach Wunstead and to have him in studio is uh, – is fantastic, Dave. Good morning, and uh, and how are you? How's everything going? Everything's great. Yeah, I, I took a quick trip to Florida uh, for a week or two just to check on the house. So I'll be back and forth, you know. But I'll yeah. I'll be in here pestering you guys uh, quite a bit. Pretty cold year. outside this morning, huh, Dave? I'm I'm, embar- <laughs> I'm, embar- I'm embarrassed to say I'm embarrassed to say that I. I actually uh, did not walk to the studio oh, for man. the first time. That's a tough one, you know. But I, I I'm looking outside. The sun's out. I think I'll walk I, home. I, I got to tell you, I, I, the first thing I said to David this morning is, oh, my God, I have the wrong coat on. I just grabbed yeah. the wrong jacket, 
And I mean, I was freezing just trying to get to the garage. Yeah, no, it's it's it's, it's off. I cold. got gas this morning and had to sit in the car while the gas was, was into my. Wow. Yeah, it was pumping because it was that cold. I so. think in New Jersey they still pump the gas for you. Really? Do they? I, really? I think it's New Jersey. There's some. Yes, we pulled in and I got out and uh, uh, guy came up to the window and said, you know, I said oh, regular. Well, you know, oh, yeah. that I gotta tell you, remember those, those days? guys are good remember old those days. days. I, I mean, you yeah. felt like a king. Yeah, check the water and oil. And yeah, fill yeah. her up. Didn't yeah. you drive oh over God. like something that made a, the the bell went off? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So the guy out. knew to run out. Yeah, yeah. Wash That's your windows great. For and, then, you. and then you'd hand them a, a hand. You know, you're driving, right? You guys probably went through this, and you pull in for gas, and I say, and "There's I got five other guys in the car," and said. Who's got some change on them? So guys are reaching yeah, in their pocket. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, gas is probably 40 cents a exactly. gallon. Wait, yeah. so <laughs> they hand you, you're getting pennies, nickels, dimes, and you hand the guy, yeah. you know, 85 cents or something. <laughs> I did that one time. I was with my wife, and we were driving around. I don't know what. We didn't go anywhere, and I asked her if she could chip in for some gas. <laughs> You remember, you'd always do that. You'd always have your buddies. Everybody oh, would throw absolutely. it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's very absolutely. funny. Absolutely. That was part of the deal. So I had a friend, if, if he was drinking in high school, he'd put like three cents in the back of the car <laughs> so it killed any smell if there was a spill. Oh. <laughs> it smelled like gasoline. There you go. Yeah. Clever. Cle- Southsiders. Clever. Southsiders. Love it. So, Dave, what would you think of uh, Sunday's games? What was the biggest uh, takeaway for you? How big of a surprise was either outcome? Well, uh, which one you want to start with? It's the NFC. NFC. You know, I, it was disappointing that, that Brock Purdy got hurt. Because I, I really, I picked the Eagles. I bet on the Eagles to win, but I, I do believe it would have been a lot more competitive game. You know, the, the big thing about San Francisco that that happened in that game is their whole passing game. They don't throw the ball down the field. Purdy, everybody talks about how quick he gets the ball out of his hands. Well, that's because of their passing game. Their whole philosophy is run it, run it. Same formation, same motions. Now play action, pass it, and those linebackers, they very seldom throw the ball outside. If you really think of the 49ers passing game, it's all, you know, Samuel's coming across the middle and it's Kittle inside. And why is that? It's because the linebackers are so conscious of attacking the line. Stop the run, stop the run, stop the run. Now we give you a look. It looks exactly the same, except now it's a play action pass. And that's where, and they hit the ball, it comes out quick, and they let their, their good athletes run, you know, McCaffrey and those guys. So that that was taken away. When they had the penalties and the turnovers and the sacks, now they're behind the chains. They had no chance. But I, the last point, Philly did everything that I thought they would do, except you could tell, and everybody wants to talk about how Patrick Mahomes was not full speed. Well, I, I guarantee you, Jalen Hurts is not full speed. He's, you know, you, uh, yeah. he was off. He was yeah. not in the same I agree. South, throwing the ball. He really didn't want to make a commitment to run the ball till the third quarter. So I think uh, the two weeks off before the Super Bowl will make a difference in his play. Uh, we'll get to the game and we'll talk about that uh, when we come back. But I'm curious, Dave, when you look at um, the Brock Purdy injury and Trey Lance has had two surgeries on that uh, broken and. Uh, ankle or whatever his ankle injury was, he's already had two surgeries. Jimmy Garoppolo's heading to free agency. 
is this is is San Francisco kind of a sneaky spot for one of these? Because they don't need a they don't need a rookie. They need a win now player. That defense is ready to win a Super Bowl. They've got so much weaponry on the offense. They just don't have a quarterback. Could that be a place where I don't know? Maybe a an elderly quarterback that uh, grew up in that area goes back and absolutely Tom Brady's either one. Well, I, I, I I think Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's the guy that comes. Although you know, Tom Brady would fit. Uh, you know, I, I was people were saying where Tom Brady. Tom Brady would fit there, in my opinion. He would fit at Tennessee. Uh, huh. I mean, he's got a great relationship with Mike Vrabel, right? Yeah, they that's played right. together, yeah. and. When Tom is most effective, going back to his early days in New England and when they won the Super Bowl with Tampa, we'll bring it in closer, what were they doing? They were running the ball and throwing play-action passes. That's what Tom really does. And where could you not go and be in a better situation for running the ball and play-action passes? Yes, I agree with you, Molly. Good point. San Francisco, but I, but I, you know, I, I don't know what the relationship is. Him and Vrabel. But it wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me if he ended up at Tennessee. Rodgers will cost you draft picks. Rodgers will cost you draft right. capital. Yep. Brady He'll cost will cost you money. Well, your money cap too, would be blown you're, up. You're, 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 but he is willing to restructure, as he said. So even if he say he makes a, a team-friendly deal, it's still going to cost you draft picks. Brady is only money. That's why I think that that yep. may be on their priority list. That may be priority one. Explore that possibility because you can bring him in and also, Brock Purdy would be great. He if he comes back, what a what he can right. learn under Tom Brady for a year. I don't know where Trey Lance fits into that equation. I don't know how healthy he'll be when he comes back. Yeah, I I, I think Trey Lance is out. I mean, I, I think they got to move on from him. Yeah, I mean they they he was never as effective as as what uh, is what Purdy was. You know, I mean, let's face it. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, Purdy's going to be there. You know, or what's the relationship with Garoppolo? You know, I mean, is Garoppolo, does he have a great rapport? He doesn't want to move. He's got a house there. And they come in and they say, what would it take to keep you for a year until uh, we get Purdy back? You know what I mean? I wouldn't count that out of the equation either. A lot of quarterbacks on the move. And every move, as we were discussing earlier, could potentially affect what the Bears do at number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, all of a sudden the guy signs a veteran guy. Uh, who you thought was going to draft somebody, you know? I mean, yeah. and uh, now things change. I mean, everybody's talking about the Colts, the Colts, the Colts. All of a sudden, uh, Derek Carr, or who knows? You know, what I mean, any of these guys end up at the Colts, and uh, now they're not looking for a rookie quarterback. So, you know, Houston is is the play I think right now because they they do need a quarterback. They're going to start from scratch. Uh, it's just a matter, you know. I was talking to Rick Spielman yesterday, and. You know, Rick, uh, you know, he's down at the Senior Bowl now, and he said that there are some real difference of opinions now. And as time goes on, there's people that love Levens from uh, yeah, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. There's yeah. people that now love C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Yeah. And then you obviously uh, Bryce, uh, Bryce, uh, Young, Bryce from, Young from yeah. Alabama. You know what I mean? But it's it's – and Rick made the point. He says – the reason that the Bears with Justin Fields keep moving, keep moving forward with Justin Fields is because he says there's not Peyton Manning or there's not Trevor Lawrence in this draft, in his opinion. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Coach is staying with us. I want to ask you, Dave, when we come back, if, if multiple – 
quarterbacks moving up, if that's good for the Bears or bad for the Bears? Do you want to create a bidding war on one guy, or do you want differing opinions and different teams capable of making a move up? We'll uh, we'll discuss that next. It's Mully and Haw. We have Coach Wants that with us on Chicago Sports Radio six seven to the score.